Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, review, hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored as always by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law will fight that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, the TV, the podcast star... The sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, Doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren. This is Jam Session, the podcast version 282, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. Oh, a lot to dive into. We have the 53. I'm not going to say the final 53 because they're going to be making some moves, you got to imagine. But we do have the 53 at least as far as it sits right now, and we know a couple of the moves that they will be making. Kind of interesting to look around the league, as it always is. I mean, this is the mad dash, as all teams had today, as we record this on Tuesday evening, to get it from 80 to 53. So every team across the league is cutting 27 guys, and sometimes you are making hard decisions. Sometimes there are some surprise cuts, so we will go through that. Jacques is in a town that doesn't have water, which is insane. (laughs) All kinds of different things to get into. So we'll do all this here on the pod, but let's tell you about Greening Law, man. I mean, if if you got the thing with Greening Law is you never know when you're going to need them, which is one of the reasons why we talk about them all the time, because this is a number you just kind of want to have memorized. So when you're standing in line and a ceiling tile falls off and splits open your head, or you are driving down the road and somebody runs a red light and smashes into you, you already have that number and you know exactly what to do. It's 972-934-8900. And what you do is you give them a call. That consultation is free. You get to talk to them, say, hey, this is what happened to me. And they'll let you know, yeah, you've got a case. We're going to bring you on as a client. And then they go to work for you. And all you got to do is worry about healing your head, worry about fixing your back and doing the things you need to do truly to heal and renew yourself dude really the best thing on on the real is that they walk you through what can be a really complicated tedious process they tell you all the pitfalls all the obstacles that are coming they give you that calm that peace of mind that comes with knowing you got somebody fighting with you you're not out there by yourself battling somebody else's insurance company and so if you let them do their thing um, because they don't get paid unless you get paid. See, I think that's a great concept because it means you know they're working their butt off for you because they're trying to get paid just like you're trying to get paid. That's exactly right. That's what they do. Robert Greening and his green team, man. You want them on your side, 972-934-8900. It's Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So these Cowboys, they got it down to the 53, and we're going to go through this, and it's it's very interesting 
for a couple of reasons. One, currently there are 24 players on offense, 28 on defense, and one specialist. Now, we already know that by the time many of you listen to this on Wednesday, Tyron Smith and James Washington will be moved to injured reserve, opening up two spots. Well, two of those are going to be filled by their long snapper, Jake McQuaid, and by their special teams guru, C.J. Goodwin. That will leave them with 22 players on offense, 28 on defense, and three specialists. What's really weird about this, I don't know what move they have in mind. Currently, as it sits, there's one quarterback on this thing, and it's Dak Prescott. (laughs) I think that's just a cute little conversation piece. We know they'll at least have two uh, for the game on Thursday. Or whenever they play Tampa Bay, I'm thinking about... A week from Thursday, yeah. So eight days away from when most people will be listening to this. Right. So they'll have two when it it comes to two. There's a lot of procedural stuff going on today. I think the interesting question will be, is Will Greer going to make the practice squad? Is that how they're going to take care of him? Will they they keep him that way because there's some things that they like about him? Or will they go out and try to find another young guy? Yeah, see, and I wonder if that's what it is. I wonder if they're just done with Rush and Greer and they want to bring somebody else in. Because, again, those are the only two moves we know for sure that they're going to do as far as moving guys to the IR. Or maybe it's – I mean, I I don't know what it is because you're about to go in to – when you've got that that Tampa Bay game is a week from Sunday. We were saying Thursday. It's a week from Sunday. So you've got time. But I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Nothing. I I really think it's just a procedural move. Like – because we, and we talked about it last, I mean, uh, last week or Sunday or Monday. I've been traveling so much, I got the days confused. But you know, Cooper Rush, basically, you can cut him and say, "Yo, we're just cutting you for a procedural thing. We'll bring you back, um, you know, whenever the date is that we bring you back, and it's all good." Because even if you wanted to bring in another quarterback, you're not going to bring it. Well, this is the Cowboys, but you're not going to bring in a dude who hadn't been with you at all in training camp at all in the offseason and then say oh by the way if Dak gets hurt we need you to step in and play because if Dak got hurt in the first quarter game's over yeah and that's I mean obviously you're going to have a backup quarterback that that's what I think is so interesting about this because the procedural moves are are Tyron Smith and James Washington there's nobody else on the roster that has to go on IR so I don't know that means that somebody else is on this roster and is going to be on the roster for a couple of days that is not going to be on the roster I don't know when. I mean, in the immediate future, because you got to have another backup quarterback. You got to have a quarterback. So yeah. I don't know, or I don't know what it is. I, maybe it's one of those things where they're trying to get either Greer or Rush to the practice squad, and they can have him, and then they bring him up for game day because you, if they carry eight offensive linemen, you can have more active players for game day, and so maybe it's something of that nature. I, I, I don't know what it is. I could see something like that. Like say, for instance. And I'm I'm completely surmising here, because uh, Matt's got me thinking now. You know, say they like Kellen Mond, and he was high on their list of quarterbacks when he came out. And they go, "Oh my God, Kellen Mond is free. Let's make him the backup, but let's get Cooper Rush through the practice squad, put him on the practice squad, so in case something happens, we can still bring Cooper up, have him compete, and if we feel he gives us the best chance to win, because Kellen's only been here two weeks or or one week." We can do it that way. So maybe it's something like that. Maybe it, it could. I'll be very curious to see how they are navigating this because that was kind of a curiosity at the quarterback position. Because we all kind of figured you're not going to keep three, 
that you're going to cut Rush or Greer, and one of them you'll try to put on the practice squad, and the other one you'll just keep as your backup, and that's not the case. So they're going to have to do something other than the two moves we talked about like we're with IR and all that, so we'll see what happens. Running back, I don't think this is a surprise at all. It's Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and Rico Dottle who made the team. Malik Davis flashed in the preseason, undrafted rookie free agent. They would love to have him on the practice squad, but that is assuming that he is not claimed by another team. We'll see if he is, but no surprises there. Wide receiver is obviously an interesting logjam because they kept eight. Now, one of those, as I just mentioned, James Washington will be placed on IR and will free up a spot. So really, they kept seven. You got CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, Simi Fajoko, Dennis Houston did make the team, and Kevante Turpin, of course, who we all knew was going to be more so than I don't even know how often you'll see him on the field as a receiver, but he's going to punt and kick return for you, and he's got a chance to be an elite-level guy at that slot, which he showed in the preseason. So that doesn't really surprise me. Is there any some is there anybody down there that surprised you that made it? No, maybe Dennis Houston to some degree. Again, seven receivers, but you have to have because really for week one at six, and as we said, James Washington is going to the IR, so that gets you down to seven. Michael Gallup is not playing in week one. So really you have six receivers available for you for week one which doesn't really surprise me. Maybe Dennis Houston or or Fajoko is inactive. You have Turpin as your kick returner. So really your week one receivers are CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, maybe either Fajoko or Houston. Or maybe it's just Turpin. They roll with him as the fifth because he also was going to do special teams for you. I don't know. Right, and Noah Brown is a guy who's always known every wide receiver position. So you can move him around and he probably counts as two. They do keep three tight ends. Not a surprise that they kept Dalton Schultz and obviously Jake Ferguson, but the other one was undrafted rookie free agent Peyton Hendershot. Sean McKeon does not make the team. No surprise there as he's been dealing with the knee injury. That's another one of those guys that they would probably take on, put on the practice squad if he clears waivers, but we will see. Jake Ferguson was a fourth-round draft pick. You know they were going to keep him. That's exactly what they've done. The offensive line is the one where they've got the most as far as a group on offense, as you would expect. Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, Terrence Steele, Biotish, McGovern, Josh Ball does make the team. Matt Walesco and Matt Farniok are the offensive linemen. And based on what Jerry Jones told the flagship today, the reality of it is Tyler Smith is going to start week one, and that is your starting offensive line right there. He's dealing with a high ankle sprain, but he has been cleared to return to practice. So we'll see how it turns out, but Tyler Smith is going to be your week one starting left tackle. It's the only move that made sense given what was available, bro. I mean, it just, to me, it just really did. Um, there's nobody on the street right now that you either want to spend the money to acquire or who's any good. Um, the guys on your team can't do it. We've seen their work, and it's not very good. Tyler Smith's the only answer for now, and there's a chance to put him out there and see what you get. And you got to love Jerry Jones's response to this because, I mean, okay, so he, he talks about how they have, that he's got a little high ankle sprain is what he calls it. And then he goes, we don't think that's serious enough to limit his preparation. Now, what the case is, is he hasn't been in there at left tackle. He is a rookie, 
but he deserved to be a first round pick in my mind. So we knew we just didn't want it to come earlier than it needed. But he's basically, he's like, oh, well, don't worry. He just, he'll, he'll be okay. He just hadn't been in there at left tackle. Oh, okay. So no just, concerns. Just stop it, man. Ain't I nobody mean, believing it. My God with these people. <laughs> Who says that? Seriously. Jerry? That's what I tell you all the time, bro. They tell you these things as though you're dumb. And I, I, you know, Jerry's one of my favorite people. He really is. But I'm just like, dude, they tell you this stuff as though, you know, you're just dumb. You don't have any common sense. Yeah. Like, like oh, it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. I mean, he just hadn't been in there, but it, it'll be fine. <laughs> I promise. So the other, then you look at it, you look at the flip side here on the defense where they ended up keeping a lot more players, as we just mentioned, they did on offense. They went with 11 players on the defensive line. And it's all the names that you can think of. It's Tank, Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams, Dante Fowler, Basham, Golston, Odigizua, Gallimore, Tristan Hill is back, Quentin Bohana is back, and John Ridgway, the fifth-round pick who beats out the veteran Carlos Watkins, who they released today. But that is a solid front, man. That is a solid group of 11, especially if Tristan Hill is going to give you a little something and John Ridgway can do anything as a fifth-round rookie. Yeah, I don't think anybody's, and you tell me, I don't think anybody's surprised that Ridgeway beat out Carlos Watkins. Carlos Watkins is a good, solid pro, but what? The tie goes to the rookie because he don't make as much money. Yep. And you've also got him for a four-year commitment, and, you know, Carlos is a one-year deal or one-year-to-year kind of thing. So that's the way the NFL goes. If somebody told me the other day it's about rookies, uh, a few guys who are solid players uh in years four through eight and then superstars but it's really about rookies guys on a rookie deal and superstars in the nfl yeah and especially with the cowboys because they're real excited about their young player as we have discovered (laughs) and as we have heard 90 gazillion times all right so at linebacker the guys who are on the team and again i don't think the, the the only surprise is they kept two guys but micah parsons van der esch Barr, and jabril cox They kept both Luke Gifford and Devin Harper. And I think a lot of the thought all through the preseason, especially after that final game, was that they wouldn't keep both of those guys, that it would be one or the other, but they do keep them both. Outside of that, again, special teams guys, because we all know this is Micah, this is Leighton Van Der Esch, Anthony Barr, they brought him in for a reason. And Jabril Cox, who I was high on as a rookie, you know, coming off his injury and whatnot, maybe he's got a chance to do a little something more getting on the field more often because he's basically their fourth linebacker this year. No, let's hope so. I mean, uh, you know, defense, I don't have a lot of questions, man. I think they're going to be really good. It's a matter of can their offense help them enough um, to take advantage of the opportunities that they provide. And you can win in the National Football League with defense and special teams. If you play smart, you take advantage of the opportunities that those two units provide and um, you know you're handling your business uh, you can win like that it's not easy it's not pretty but you can win like that at corner and this is one of those interesting position groups to me obviously we already know it's Trayvon Diggs Anthony Brown Jordan Lewis Deron Bland does make the team essentially in the fourth spot followed by Kelvin Joseph and Nashawn Wright but what I am telling you when I look at that is they are a cornerback injury away from having a fifth-round rookie starting for them or a horrible Kelvin Joseph or horrible Nashawn Wright. That, that, I'm just saying, that's, they're one injury away from Diggs, Brown, or Lewis 
from starting a guy. Now, now maybe Deron Bland can continue to progress, and, and we'll see, but a fifth-round pick, I, I just there's not a lot of depth at that position. As there's not for a lot of teams, I get that. But that is an interesting one to keep an eye on if they happen to miss any time whatsoever with their top three guys. Uh, yeah, and we good. We understand that. I mean, that's what we just got through talking about, bro. It's not a game of quality depth anymore. It used to be, but it's not anymore because you can't afford it. When your quarterbacks are making $40 million and your star receivers are making $20 million, dude, it's all about rookies performing on their rookie deals and a few selected you know free agents in their first or second year or you know maybe you get a friendly deal because you're re-signing a second round pick or a third round pick to a second contract but that's the way it is not a lot of quality depth unless you've drafted really well and if you have those are the teams that make runs at championships right and that comes back to the problem of what kelvin joseph as a second round pick nation Wright as a third round pick because ideally what you would have is one of those two guys would be above where they're sitting at on the depth chart so that if you had an injury like okay well we don't we we feel confident that there's not a massive drop off if a Trayvon Diggs or an Anthony Brown has to miss a couple of games because we picked this dude up in the second round he's young he's cheap but he's also quality that has not happened and that is why a dude they drafted late in this year's draft who's a rookie will be the first guy up when that opportunity presents itself at some point this season. Yeah, I think you're right on that, man. Um, Kevin Joseph, to me, is the big one. Uh, your first and second round picks you got to hit on uh, to provide that stability. Even even if it's a guy like Connor Williams, he's a four-year starter. Okay, fine. He wasn't a great player, but he was good enough to start for four years. And Okay, you, you can live with that. You can't live with Kevin Joseph, who in his second season – shows no indication he can start because at worst at worst bro he should be your nickel guy meaning at worst he should and if he's not an inside guy he should at least be playing starting so that anthony brown and jordan lewis could fight for the nickel spot now okay we're working you know because ideally next year you would have kevin joseph starting in one corner on what matt his rookie contract right nation right playing the nickels or being the third corner whether he's outside or so that Kevin Jones can be inside he's on his rookie deal that means you don't have to pay Anthony Brown three years and 24 million or whatever he commands after the season he's had the last couple years or Jordan Lewis you know four or five million dollars a year excuse that's how you stay out of cap problems but when they don't deliver you may have to pay Anthony Brown more than you would want to pay him and you may have to go get Jordan Lewis too yeah, and then that's what happened. And then you round out the roster with your safeties, which, again, no surprises here other than you have the undrafted guys who actually made it, which are interesting. But Curse, Malik Hooker, Donovan Wilson, uh, Marquise Bell did make the team, and so did the uh, Muakuamu guy. Israel, Israel Mukuamu made the team as well. So Bell, one of three undrafted free agents from this year's draft class that made the roster, Three undrafted guys make it with Marquise Bell, Hendershot, and Dennis Houston. And that is, right now, your Cowboys 53-man roster moving into the season as they get set and turn their attention to Tampa Bay. All right, I like that. And the thing about those guys is I was talking to uh, Willie Simmons, Marquise Bell's uh, college coach at Florida A&M, and he's like, oh, clearly they got him pegged to take J. Ryan Curse's spot in a year um, because he'll be a cheaper player 
They're 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 the same type of size and the same type of player. Other J. Ron Curse obviously in this system is really thriving. And then with Bland, man, he's what we're talking about in terms of a guy next year. You you go okay. We don't have to keep Jordan Lewis. We can put Bland in there, or we can let Anthony Brown go because we got Bland. Um, that's how they see them projecting. Hopefully, uh, we don't know if it'll turn out that way, but that's what you would hope to do with these young guys. So the interesting part of that, there, there's your Cowboys roster, and, and and we'll see what other moves are to be made as we were kind of talking about. There are some other cuts that have been out there in the NFL that are interesting. The Eagles continue to just be like, you know what? The Cowboys are just going to sit on their ass and not do anything. That really opens the door for us. Let's continue to make moves. And the Eagles did that today. They make yet another trade. Doing what the Cowboys simply just won't do, they go out and trade for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson after his extension talks with the New Orleans Saints broke down. He is in his fourth year in the NFL, a former fourth-round pick. The Saints, obviously, going into his final year of his rookie deal, wanted to re-sign him. It didn't work out, so they were looking for trade partners, and the Eagles were willing. Chauncey Gardner has started 31 games in his first three seasons in the NFL. So not too shabby for him, and he obviously, for those that don't know, is a safety And he is a guy that will come in and immediately start for the Philadelphia Eagles, and they got him for a fifth and a sixth-round draft pick. Nothing. For a guy that's going to start for them. Yeah, they got him for nothing. And uh, that's a good thing. I I mean, I've told you all this for months now, man. I love the Eagles offseason. I thought they were aggressive. On paper, it looked like they were bringing in guys who can contribute now and play now and make them better right now. Even if you just look at the draft – and uh, A.J. Brown, they, they were much better. And then you add this dude, another upgrade. See, everything doesn't have to be about superstars, Matt. If you have a guy, let's just play Madden because everybody's you know, is familiar with Madden. If you have a guy who's a 72 and you replace him with a guy who's an 81, you're better. If you got a guy who's a 65 overall and you replace him with a guy who's a 73, you're better. That's what the Eagles have been doing at every spot. And the Cowboys, bro, have been doing the opposite. They're taking guys who are 80s or 79s and replacing them with guys who are 62 and 65. I mean, you can just look at that, man. That's why I've been pessimistic about this season the whole, the whole time. Um, it's just a lot of curious moves. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. And, hey, I'm going to tell you all this for the, about the 75th time on this podcast. Oh, I'd love for them to prove me wrong because everything in Dallas is better when the Cowboys win. Yeah, no doubt, man. I, no, I, everything's better, brother. You get more ooh, happy time. Whoa, yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> almost said something else. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's business is better. I mean, every, I mean, everything's better, dog, when they're winning. It's, yes, it is. And obviously, I want them to win, but I look at this – they feel delusional and they feel behind. They feel stagnant when other teams are, are, are going for it and doing. Th- that's actually a, a good word for how I feel about the cow. They just feel stagnant to me. And to me, uh, see, I'm going to take your other word, delusional. That's what it's, it's just like. What are y'all doing, man? Like, really, what are y'all doing? Like, no. it doesn't, and... I can, let me know. paint the picture of delusion for you, and we'll get into some of those NFL cuts here in a minute, but how about this? So Jerry is on the flagship today, and this is what I'm talking about when I say delusional. Here's, here's what Jerry said. 
with our plan and our personnel, we hope to be able to run the football more than we ran it in the last few years. Zeke will be critical to that. We have the players that can really play well in a play action, get the ball out quick offense. So with this makeshift offensive line with the rookie left tackle, as we went through this the other day, with, with the guy on the right side that you think is less than most people would say is, is not on the level of Elio Collins and Terrence Steele, with the center that you guys are so unsure about, you've been seeing if Connor McGovern can work there, with the Connor McGovern playing on the left side at guard that couldn't beat out Connor Williams last year, you're going to run more than you have in years past and you need to get the ball out quick with wide receivers that in the first couple of weeks, most likely outside of CeeDee Lamb, have not even stepped foot in the NFL. And what's the other thing, Matt? You're talking about doing this with a running back who I think is, is a terrific dude who's closer to the end of his career than the beginning because in running back years, he's an old guy. Um, yeah. So it doesn't make sense. It, and the only, only thing I'll do, and I wrote about this, is there's been a lot of – Running backs who are really good, who had really great years at 27, and Zeke is 27. A lot of those dudes literally fell off a cliff at 28, but they did that damn thing at 27. So if you want to be optimistic, you know, based off of his first five games last year before he got hurt, and the fact that, okay, because he's been good, maybe he can toss us one of those vintage years uh, this year since he's playing for a contract and all that other stuff. Okay, that's fine, Matt. I'm going to give you that, man. This is all I'm going to say. When you're sitting in that meeting, Matt, what if he don't? Yeah, then what? Um, no, and I, I'm real about that. You know, one of the things I've admired about uh, Deion Sanders as a football coach, and, I, and he's the only coach who, at a major college or a major NFL team, who's allowed me to, like, hang around from time to time. Uh, because we had that kind of relationship, is he tells his people, and check this out, Matt, I want you to prepare for every contingency. Now, most people say, give me the backup plan and the plan after that. Yeah. He really wants you to come up with every contingency. And here's what I mean. And the reason I'm talking about it is the Cowboys act like contingencies don't exist. Hey, Matt, uh, right before we trade Amari Cooper, what happens if – if Gallup is out six weeks, or what happens if CeeDee Lamb gets hurt before Gallup comes back? What are we going to do? Uh, hey, Jacques, I guess we'll just run out there with Noah Brown and James Washington as starters. Man. Oh, okay, buddy, that sounds good to me. Let's go. Yeah. Or, hey, what if James Washington gets hurt and CeeDee Lamb sprains an ankle in the first quarter? Hey, Jacques, I think we're good with, uh, I think we got a couple undrafted free agents who can help this year in Fehoko. Yeah, let's let's run. I think we'll be good with that. Like, what are y'all doing, bro? <laughs> yeah, pretty. I mean, hey, if Tyron exactly Smith gets hurt, what are we gonna do to swing tackle? Oh well, you know, he's had a tremendous offseason. I think he's gonna be good. You know, he only misses a game at a time, man. Uh, we'll be fine in t until one of these guys is ready at midseason to really step in and be the swing tackle. Well, what if he gets hurt in the training camp? Ah, oh, that'll never happen, Jacques. Why you gotta be so pessimistic, man? Like, come on, man. We got, you know, we gotta go to uh, Top Golf after here and get around it. Oh, Tyron's hurt during the preseason. Hmm. What are we going to do at tackle now? This shit ain't complicated, bro. <laughs> no, you wouldn't think it is, but they sure like to make it. 
You know, and that, and that it, to me is the most disappointing thing. Well, right? then you, you again, and this is more what Jerry had to say today. So you listen to how he describes Zeke and how this offense is going to go. And then he describes, because he was asked, what is the narrative that fans should know? And so he says basically this, said, I like that continually reminding that not only do we need to get into the playoffs, but we need to get way deep into the playoffs so we got a chance. I think this team is reflective of that. That is the narrative of the team. I think it's reflected in our decision-making in the spring, who we kept, who we let go, and who we brought on. That's the narrative. You have to be in a better spot to stay longer in the playoffs. Like, he literally thinks, on paper, this is a better team than the one that lost to the 49ers last year. That's delusional. I was going to say, I was going to be nicer and be like, well, that's why I can't take him seriously as much as I like him. I just can't. Because, I mean, I look here and see it and go, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to look at it and go, Terrence Steele is not better than Lyle Collins. Um, Sam Williams or Dante Fowler, whoever they have over there, is not better than Randy Gregory. And you just go down the list, bro. Um, CD, for now, maybe he's better than Amari, but CD was the number two. And so you just trickle down and Gallup is not better than CD. I mean, it's just, bro, and the three is certainly not better than the three. Whether it's Noah Brown, whoever it is, is not better than Michael Gallup. I mean, you just got worse at all these positions, yet you're sitting us telling here, telling us that you're better, right? Basing it off of potential, which my friend Big Joe, in the big, in the uh, big in rig big truck, yeah, big rig, um, used to tell me potential man, just a fancy word for you ain't done shit yet, which is true. <laughs> that's but that's exactly what this team is. I, I mean, and that's where the frustrations continue to mount up, especially when you see a team in their own division who is taking opportunities and going out and making things happen. Like, I I just do not, when the Cowboys, literally why they think they're better is apparently they think they've got this slew of young guys that no one has ever seen in the NFL that are just going (laughs) to show up and all turn into Micah Parsons. Bruh. That's what Jerry said. He goes, we didn't know Micah was going to be Micah last year. He said that. He literally did. But he was a first-round pick, and so you thought he would be at a certain level. So you, you, so apparently they think all their draft picks are just going to show up and go nuts for them because they got a bunch just, of them on their team. That's just not going to happen, bro. No, it's not. Now, defensively, and we've said this many times, I do think they've got a shot. And as we get closer to the Tampa game, we'll dive a little deeper. The fact that they're going to be good on defense, now granted it's Tom Brady and those wide receivers Tampa has, but Tampa's offensive line is in shambles, man. And, and we get closer to the game, that, that's going to be a really interesting matchup is to see some of the things the Cowboys can do at their pass rush that might be able to make Tom Brady uncomfortable because the Tampa offensive line is not that great. But that's a story for next week. So when we look around the league, some of the names that have been released and some of the little things that are interesting. Well, before we do that, you know what I want to tell you about is Bruce Biltong. Because if you haven't gotten your Bruce Biltong yet, I always ask people why. Do you like, and maybe some people at wides don't I don't I don't like beef jerky and stuff like that. Okay. But this isn't beef jerky. This is actually better than beef jerky. It's super healthy. There's no sugar. There's no artificial ingredients. It's super high in protein and it's tender. It's more savory than what beef jerky is. I mean, you like it. I like it. We both eat it. You should eat it too. <laughs> I love that. But you should because it's great for you. 
230 calories, uh, 30 grams of protein. I love it. Uh, and, you know, if you're trying to watch your weight, man, it's the perfect snack because it's got no carbs in it. Yeah. Everything in it is good for you. And, and especially if you drink it with some sparkling water, it fills you up. I mean, that's what I like about it. It fills you up, like, for real. Uh, so it's, it's a great snack. It's not in between your teeth. I can't say enough good things about it, truly. I can't either. It's delicious. You honestly are going to like it at bruisebiltong.com. B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. Bruisebiltong.com. Check them out, man. We're the only podcast he's ever worked with. We're the only podcast that he continues to work with. So support him because he supports us. And you can use that promo code JAM15 at checkout. Get 15% off. Also, obviously, again, somehow, if you're unfamiliar with Freeway Tire Shop, have you been under a rock? And the one excuse I hear is, man, I really want to try that guy, but I don't know. I, I live a little far away. And I always want to tell people, well, if that's the case, then keep wondering if somebody's messing up your car, if they're telling you the truth when you drop it off. Or <laughs> you can make the drive, no matter how far it is for you, to Freeway Tire Shop, and you will have peace of mind because the work that he will do on your vehicles, you trust. You know he's going to back it up, and the customer service will blow you away. You'll, I, I'll guarantee you this. You will never experience service like the level you get at a mechanic that you get at Freeway Tire Shop. Nah, man. There's a reason why I ride with JR and his team over there at uh, Freeway Tire. It's because it's a trust factor, man. I don't fix cars. There ain't no shame in my game. I don't. Ain't never thought about it. Ain't never liked to. Ain't never wanted to. So it's all about finding a mechanic I can trust. And I trust JR, man. I trust him to diagnose the issue. And, you know, it really impressed me the first time I was working with him. And, and he talked about you can use this part and you won't be back for a minute. Or you can use a cheaper part and you'll probably be back in about a year. It's up to you which one you want. That, to me, was a big deal because he was including me in the decision-making process. So I trust him to use quality parts, man. I trust him to charge me a fair price. And then it's a big one for me. Can you stand behind your freaking work? JR does it, man. Nobody's perfect. Sometimes you think a problem is solved and it ain't. You bring it back, boom, 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 it's fixed you off on your way again. No fuss, no muss, no debate, none of that. No charge in a lot of cases because, hey, we thought it was this, but it wasn't. Let's get it right. That's what I love about that dude. Freeway Tire Shop, man. Online, schedule an appointment, request a quote, freewaytireshop.com. So some of the stuff that happened around the league, they're just some, like, interesting little nuggets. Like this one, for instance, Denver released quarterback Josh Johnson – He's already played for a record 14 NFL teams and will be seeking his 15th team in 15 seasons. <laughs> he also has played in four different leagues, the NFL, the UFL, the AAF, and the XFL. I wonder if he's just going to try to get into the USFL next year. Why not? I mean, you think know. about that, man. That, I mean, what a, what a little weird stat for Josh Johnson. Um, this is all I can say, man. When you're young, and he's still young, chase your dream, man. Live your life. Yeah, no doubt. Because there'll come a point where physically you can't do it anymore. So until that point comes, enjoy the hell out of it. Tell all the naysayers, all the people cracking jokes, because uh, some people like me have cracked some jokes. <laughs> but it's all in love, man. Just go do what you want to do. Live that life and chase that dream. The Texans released Marlon Mack, which is interesting because that basically means that Damian Pierce, who's a rookie, is going to be their guy. I mean, he's going to be their horse, which is great because in one of my fantasy leagues, I got him. In the other one, I did not, unfortunately. This is also interesting, and I know because uh, we've already seen it on Twitter. 
I'm very surprised by this from the Raiders, but then again, it's the Raiders. Alex Leatherwood, who was a first-round pick, the 17th pick in the draft in 2021, was cut by the Raiders, who were eating $8 million against their cap to get rid of this guy. And I got to say, he played at Alabama in one of the most dominant offenses ever in 2020, gets drafted in the first round, and in only one season, you've already decided that he's not good enough for the NFL. I, I find that very interesting. Oh, I don't, uh, I don't think it's here's, – here's why I'm not shocked, surprised, whatever, bro. Who's the head coach of the Raiders? Josh McDaniels. Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of that is could be you came over. And remember, man, if anybody and everybody will tell you that Patriots playbook is not for everybody, brother. It's not. It's complicated. There's a lot of stuff in there, whether you're a receiver, offensive lineman, running back, whatever, man. It's a lot of moving parts to that, to that uh, playbook. And so whether it's playbook, football intelligence, attitude, whatever, remember, you, you're bringing in a coach who's coming in from the Patriot way. And we all know, now he don't have to be Bill Belichick. Maybe he learned from his first stint. But there's just some fundamental things if you want the Patriot way west in Las Vegas that you want done. And maybe he wasn't a good enough player based on his fit into the Patriot way, which is now the Raiders way, that they're just like, nah, bro, this ain't going to work. Yeah, I will say, I mean, that is one of those that, that I'd be curious enough as the Cowboys to, to kick the tires on and see what the deal is. And maybe you have no interest. Maybe you do. But anytime you see a guy, I mean, literally, he's 23 years old. He got to be good enough to be a swing tackle. Yeah, well, that's what I'm thinking. Like, like maybe you can get him change of scenery, different offensive line coach. I mean, there's got to be some sort of potential there. Maybe all he ever develops into is a backup. But, I, I mean, I can't believe that a dude who is good enough for – and, yeah, maybe he went a little high to the Raiders, but he was going to go in the first round that year. It's not like the Raiders are like the outliers. Oh, he's a first-rounder. They were the outliers who took him at 17. I, as I recall, I think most people thought he'd go like in the 20s somewhere. He probably went several picks too high. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I have no idea. I just find that was very interesting to me. Yeah, and so we'll see. Uh, somebody will pick him up. Somebody will give him an opportunity because anybody, every coach thinks he can fix every player. So there will be some coach. Maybe it's uh, uh, Joe Philbin. Uh, who thinks he can fix him and get him right. Or again, he's better than Josh Ball, so we'll take him and cut Josh Ball. Yeah, that's what you would think, right? So the other name that is interesting that was released today, the Eagles cut one of their offensive tackles named LaRaven Clark. Now we bring that up because Joe Philbin was a part of the staff in Indianapolis when Clark was drafted in the third round back in 2016. He played his college ball at texas tech as i just mentioned a third round pick played for the colts for a few years and played for the eagles just last year and you wonder with that that philbin connection if maybe they see something there for a team that probably would like to add an offensive lineman i, I would guess in the cowboys uh yeah i mean you know whenever you're doing something you always got to go back to the history who liked the guy coming out and uh because it's such a league where that that is a that's a big deal oh i had you here let me bring you over yeah. here uh so you know i'm sure he's on their radar but it's you know the matter it's why is he on his third or fourth team in you know four or five years yeah there's that as well but again i, I don't know that the cowboys I, I don't know that there's some tackle out there if you're not going to trade for one that's going to blow you away with the opportunity 
Now, apparently Adam Schefter reported going back to Leatherwood that the Raiders tried and called every single team to trade him and nobody wanted to trade for him. But, I mean, what does that mean if you think, well, if you're going to cut him anyway, maybe we can just put a claim in on him and get him for free because we don't think much of him? So we'll see. Some of the other names that are interesting, that, and these are just names that a lot of people are probably familiar with. Danny Shelton got cut by the Chiefs today. Noah Spence got cut today. Uh, Duke Johnson got released by the Bills. One of the ones I thought that was interesting that got dropped was O.J. Howard, who was cut by the Bills. And that's another one of those guys that injuries, he's only ever in five years in the league, he's played one full season. He's missed a chunk of games. And it's obvious that for whatever reason, whatever injury it was, that explosiveness that he had at Alabama a few years ago, just, he just no longer has it. He just doesn't. And you kind of, that's one of those that you kind of head scratch with. And you go, man, I thought that guy was going to have something. But apparently he doesn't. Nope. Uh, And that's what happens, man. That's what happens when you're talking about um, explosive play. Like, I loved O.J. Howard. I was like, oh, my God, wouldn't he be a great fit? Attack the seam, great speed, hands. He went to Alabama. He's blocked good enough. But, dude, there's a reason why it's hard, man, the NFL. You need the talent, but you also got to have the luck, man, to stay injury-free, to give yourself a chance to improve your talent and make it grow. And uh, he ain't had no luck, my brother. One of the other interesting things, and this happened on Monday, the 49ers are keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, and they restructured his contract to a one-year deal. It contains a no-trade clause and a no-tag clause. It guarantees that Garoppolo will be totally free to leave in 2023, and they structured it in a way where it's worth $6.5 million in base, which is fully guaranteed, and then there's roster bonuses and playtime bonuses, which, because they're going with Trey, Trey Lance is their starter. But what this does is this is San Francisco looking at this and saying, we couldn't get what we believe your value is on the trade market. We need a backup quarterback. We believe in you. So if we can keep you around, if Lance doesn't work out or something were to happen, then we've got a pretty damn good guy that has taken us to a Super Bowl before that we believe it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Although, dude. I'm trying to figure out what it took for him to stay. You know, like I just read a piece this morning saying he's working out by himself, doesn't know any of his teammates, throwing by himself. It's like he's been ostracized. Like, I know it's one year six million, but he already got a lot of money. You know, yeah. it's like, did, did you, like, wow, bro. And, and some, at one level, that's fairly admirable because, you know, everybody in the locker room looking at you side-eyed, like, damn, bro, what's, what's up with that? I mean, really, man, it's like somebody took your girl and you're like, well, I don't really have a place to move to, so I'm just going to stay here with y'all. Yeah. I'll stay upstairs. <laughs> it just seems incredibly awkward. Yeah, it's really, really weird, man. I mean, re- it's a strange situation, but they found a way to make it work when they couldn't get what they wanted. And it's just, again, and I know it's totally different, but you just kind of wonder, like you go back to the Amari Cooper thing. And I mean, I don't know, man. I still just can't believe that all they got for Amari Cooper was a fifth-round pick. That that will blow my mind until the end of time. The only thing, the only, the only, it's not a full pass. It's more like a, a, a 5% pass is that they didn't realize how the market would change so quickly at the wide receiver where they never did. Look at his money. It looked at his money, and it wouldn't be that big. 
I mean, no, I don't think anybody projected because remember, it's all about Christian Kirk getting a great contract, which yeah. he didn't, which he shouldn't have got, but it ain't his fault that they paid him. But still, to me, that doesn't take away the fact that you traded an asset when you were th- that would make you thin at the position because you knew Gallup was hurt. Again, if Gallup was healthy, I I get it. I don't have to like it, but I get it. With Gallup being hurt, I never got it. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things, man, where you just. You try to make it make sense, and it just, it's never going to make sense. It just never is. But I will say this, it, it, it really feels like, and, and maybe there is a name out there, maybe it's one of those names we mentioned for the offensive line. I don't know that there's anybody out there at the wide receiver position. I, I really think the Cowboys are just rolling into the season with this group of receivers. I really think they are. And, and oh. I, didn't, I didn't think that originally, but now after looking at who got cut and kind of what's out there, I don't know that they would make a play for any name of worth. I think they're going to go into week one with CeeDee Lamb and a bunch of dudes hoping Michael Gallup can get back and that Lamb and Gallup stay healthy all season long until James Washington or one of these rookies develops to a point where you're able to use them. Um, I think it's clear that they hope Jalen Tobert will develop into that guy quickly. But what are we doing, bro? What did I just say? They hope. Come on, man. I mean, it's... Okay, dog. This is why. And that's just me. It's just your boy now. It's why I don't have no sympathy for whatever happened this season. I ain't cutting no slack. I'm not listening to no excuses. Because you brought so much of this on yourself. Yeah. Doing stuff that you didn't have to do. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing, man. I don't know. I mean, it's... That's the thing where I look at this, and, and again, maybe there are moves to be made. Maybe they're putting in a claim on, on Leatherwood, and they want to see what he can do, or they're going after that DeRaven guy. I don't know, man. And maybe there's some random-ass wide receiver out there, but I am not buying into this offense this year. And, and they're asking a lot of Dak Prescott, and they're asking Dak Prescott to be a quarterback that we have not seen Dak Prescott consistently be at any point in his six years so far? Nah. <laughs> There's so much attached to a hope and a dream, bro. And I just I just could never do that, man. Maybe it's because I'm a Capricorn and I deal with list and order and structure. I could just never put my stuff on a ha- on a hope hope and a prayer. So there's that. I'm too much of a control freak for that. And oh, by the way, we forgot to mention with the Cowboys, they got to make another roster move because we talked about bringing McQuaid and, and Goodwin back. Well, they also got to make a roster spot for Brett Maher because he got cut, and I forgot to mention that. So, I mean, they're going to have to do some, some finagling. And then, of course, the whole thing with the backup quarterback because that would be a fourth dude that you've got to have on the roster at some point. So right. we already know two of those guys are going to IR. You got to make another move for Maher, and then you're going to have to make another move to get a backup quarterback in here at some point in the next whatever that is 10 days before Tampa. I don't know, man. This this team, this franchise is insane. I mean, what this is bro. I don't even know what to say anymore. I really I just don't know what to say anymore. <laughs> There's not a lot you can say, man. It's uh, you know, it's disappointing, it's frustrating. It is on a variety of different levels on a it, oh my god. Why I just get so frustrated with this crap. I don't know what it is. You just look at it and you see some of the moves other teams do and you look around and it's almost as if they were relying or hoping somebody might get cut or somebody. And then I don't know. But it's what I want them to be. 
you just want them to be better, man. And it's yeah, frustrating because it they don't look better. And it's because, and, and I, now this is just me. You know, I think it's also because of, of how they treat your intelligence. I think it's something to be said for, for saying this stuff. Like, you couldn't possibly expect me to believe that. Like, really? You, you just couldn't possibly expect me to believe that. And they go, yeah, we do. And you just go, dog. I'm not a dumbass. Come yeah. on, man. But apparently you think we are. <laughs> the Cowboys do anyway. So we got to get into a trip around the block. And then there's a couple other things I wanted to throw out for you. But we also need to let you guys know that our friends at Smokey John's Barbecue are currently celebrating Customer Appreciation Week. Hell yeah. They are celebrating 46 years of business. 46 years of business. Now, on Wednesday, their customer appreciation, they, they do a different thing every day, kind of as a thank you to the continued support for everybody who is always out there. On Wednesday, August 31st, a deep-fried baked potato for $7.46. On Thursday, which will be September 1st, you can get their brisket queso fries for $7.46. Oh or, or you can swing by on Friday, September 2nd, loaded mac and cheese bowl for $7.46. Hell yeah. Those are great deals. They're also doing a Labor Day special right now at Smokey John's Barbecue. And obviously Labor Day coming up this weekend. Everybody, for the most part, will get a big three-day weekend and hang around, get ready for college football. But this is their Labor Day special, their big smokes pack. They're getting it for $132.46 four pounds of meat, two quarts of sides, eight rolls, a pint of peach cobbler, a pint of banana pudding, the pickles, peppers, the onions, the barbecue sauce, and gallons of tea or lemonade. All, <laughs> all that, which would feed a, a party for $132.46. Dude, does it get any better than that? I don't think so, man. Tasty, delicious, fantastic. Smoky John's Barbecue Customer Appreciation Week. Swing by. Woo! Swing by and, and see what they've got, man, and try try one of those things this week. That's a great deal. $7.46 for some of that stuff. Hell Love those yeah. guys. And congrats to them on 46 years. That's incredible. Those are my guys. Brent and Juan, fantastic. Much love to you, fellas. So, the block. Let's do this because you, and we've talked about this, you're back and forth. You're spending a lot of time in Jackson, Mississippi, covering Jackson State, hanging out with Dion. What the hell is the deal with the water in Jackson? It's a disaster, bro. What happened? Uh, basically, there was some flooding in Jackson last week. Um, you know, much like we had in Dallas. It was kind of flash flooding, just boo, and it was here. Uh, I got a piece of it last week. Um, and apparently the flooding got so bad because they've got, they've got a situation like the Trinity where they got a river that nobody ever notices. Well... It's up. It's like the Trinity. It's like at the at the bridges now, and but this being the city of Jackson, which has as poor an infrastructure as you could possibly have, um, the overworked pumps because of the flooding messed up the deal that filters the water and stuff. Uh, and it's because it's been bad for a long time, and they just never fixed it. And when it got, you know, so then when it got overworked and collapsed last week, there's nothing to fix it. And so, like I said, I'm in Jackson working on a couple projects. Yeah. 
and uh, I showed up this morning at my regular time to do something, and I was like, "Where is everybody?" And I I, I bumped into one of the coaches. He's like, "Bro, uh, we got no water." I'm like, "What do you mean you got no water?" And I said that because I've got an apartment downtown. That's how much I'm here these days. And my apartment was fine, you know. I had running water this morning. Took a nice long shower after yeah. I got back from the gym. Uh, even washed some dishes and, and turned on a load of laundry. So I get there and they're like, "We got no water, and the kids got no water on campus. So we got to move everybody on campus uh, to a different location." But here's the trick, bro, that I didn't realize: the athletic department can't pay for it. And you're like, "Well, why can't the athletic department pay for it?" Because they're students. If the athletic department pays for it, what you do for one student, you have to do for what, Matt? All of them, yeah. Every student. What you do for one athletic team, you have to do for what, Matt? Every athletic team. Um, so they, uh, I, you know, it's, it's a lot easier, I think. And I'm surmising. I don't know this for a fact because I haven't talked to him about it. It's a lot easier when your coach is an independent millionaire. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he can reach in his pocket and whatever it costs and I, I don't even know what it costs but to house a team for a couple of days because they're going to miami to play this weekend he can handle it i'm sh- now nah, i'm not counting his pockets but i'm sure he's got enough money to handle the bill but again i don't know if that's legal for him to handle it or if he has to for lack of a better word find somebody to pay for it and then be like yo i got you i'll write your check as soon as it's over i don't know how it works i just know i was told the athletic department cannot foot the bill um and bro that's not the worst that's not the worst part now because i was literally on twitter looking for something uh while we're talking so but the water ain't coming back no time soon no i mean this is really bad they're calling in the national guard yeah and so i'm now trying to and you know i've got to make my own situation because why i got this apartment through airbnb uh for four months the duration of the football season because i'm gonna be down here a lot well let me tell you something bro i'm not going to pay for an apartment or that my intention is not to pay for an apartment where there's no running water yeah <laughs> you know what i'm saying and and you know now and i haven't talked to the dude yet who who runs the airbnb but it's not his fault this is more like an act of god kind of thing but still the reality is bro i'm not gonna be living here under spartan conditions and paying you money so you know it sucks for you it sucks for me but we'll have to work it out but that's not one of the options living without without uh, without water and all that stuff and that that's what it is because they have called in the mississippi national guard they have set up drinking stations across the city trying to distribute drinking and non-drinking water up to one hundred and eighty thousand residents in the city of jackson what uh, what's hey, happening here this, and they ahead. also apparently residents are being told to conserve what water you do have and boil any water you use for three minutes yeah and here's the other thing bro it's um you know you say well how can the city get like this because nobody cares about this city bro yep that's what do you very mean? true you say it's a capital city what do you mean nobody cares do you think that the people who work at the capital live in jackson no they don't uh if you if you're talking about state senators and such they just come here and then they go where matt back home to serve their constituencies um you know the people there's no there's no industry in jackson 
per se. The industry is the state. Well, the state don't pay taxes, bro. So who fixes the roads? You know, and now it's a city with so much uh, turmoil, like they can't get the trash picked up. Why? Because the mayor said, oh, I think this trash company should do it. And the uh, because the minority trash company. Yeah. And the city council said, nah, bro, we don't think so. And so the mayor said, well, I have the executive authority to do it. And so what happened, bro? The city council sued him and said, no, you don't. And then what do you think he did, man? He countersued him to say, yes, I do. So you can't get the garbage picked up. The governor has a press conference about the water situation. You think he invited the mayor of Jackson since they're in the same city? No. And then the mayor had a press conference today. Um, So, you know, there's all this infighting, which means nothing can get done for the residents of Jackson, which is why this is one of the poorest cities and poorest countries and poorest, I mean, poorest counties and poorest states in the country. Yeah, I mean, it's... So it's a shit show around here, bro. It sounds like it. it, I mean, it very well sounds like it. And it's one of those things where... I mean, it's affected the schools. All Jackson public schools have been shifted to virtual learning. Hospitals, I mean, there's a couple of big hospitals, as you might imagine, in Jackson. They don't have air conditioning that's functioning properly because the water pressure feeding the chillers is too low. They have to use portable restrooms in hospitals because of low water pressure. I mean, this is a serious, insanely serious situation that you happen to be smack dab in the middle of. And the kicker is, it might not change anytime soon. And so, um, you know, it's it's just wild, man. And, uh, you know, I've talked to a few people today, and they're like, oh, this is part for the course of Jackson. This is why I don't do anything but work in Jackson. I live, you know, because in the suburbs. Yeah, they live in Madison, Ridgeland, Flowood. Exactly. It's not an issue there. Right. Um, eventually, it might become an issue, but it's not an issue right now. And so, uh, and those are communities where anybody who has any money lives. Like, you know, black professionals live in those places. Yeah. White professionals live in those places. Check this out, Matt. When industry comes to town, they go to those places. Like Amazon has a plant out in Ridgeland, I think, or one of those suburbs. Yeah, you go out and live around uh, the reservoir. Right. There's a car, uh, car plant out there. Again, in the suburbs, that's where industry goes. Like you drive, I, I don't know the name of this bridge. It's a small bridge, much like the bridge that you use to take from Oak Cliff to Dallas. Yeah. Well, you go over a bridge like that, bro. There ain't no Jackson Skyline. No, there is not. Like, not at all. Like there, there ain't no bunch of sky gleaming skyscrapers that says, hey, welcome to Jackson. You are in the city, my friend. Nah, bro. I was looking at it this morning. There's like six or seven buildings, man. And that's it. And yeah, downtown it, feels much more like a downtown. I'm, I'm, and I say this with all due respect. It's like driving around downtown Rockwall or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's not a lot of hustle and bustle. It's not, you know, the, the buildings look old like it's a throwback to another time. Uh, this is a wild place, bro. It really is. It's, it's very odd. And, and like you're talking about, I mean, it is. I don't know how many people realize this, but Jackson, Mississippi has lost about 50,000 residents in a 25 to 30 year period. 50,000. I didn't know it was that much, but there's nothing to keep them here. No, like actual, like we're talking about the actual city of Jackson. 
because they all left and are living in the surrounding suburbs. And, and there's a variety of them. Madison Ridgeland's probably the, the most popular. Madison's a really nice area. You know, further out like Flowood or Pearl or Brandon and, and those little pockets that are right there around Jackson. But, you know, most people like you're talking about, they do not live in the actual city of Jackson. No, and I didn't realize that till I got here. <laughs> Birmingham's the same way. I mean, Birmingham, not a lot of people live in the actual city of Birmingham. Everybody lives in the suburbs. And as a result, Birmingham is, is the city, is a poor city. And Jefferson County is a very poor county because of that. Yeah, bro, it's, Which, uh, you know. It's, it's wild, different. man. It, it is. It is. And, and it's weird that you just happen to be going through all that while they're going through all that when you're there, which is nuts. Absolutely, bro. So the other thing that, and you sent me this, and, and this is interesting because I, I can't believe, I don't know, I guess in some ways I can believe it's this old, but in other ways I can't believe it's been around this long. Netflix on Monday celebrated the 25th anniversary of their founding. They were founded 25 years ago. And we all remember this. I got it at, towards the end of college. You started hearing about a service that you could, that they would mail you DVDs. And we were like, what? That's kind of cool, like anything. And so I, I remember using it where they would mail you DVDs. You know, but the problem back then was... Even though you could do that, it still took, you still had to go to your mailbox, mail the thing, and then wait yep. for them to mail you your next one when Blockbuster or Family Video or what have you, you could just drive down the street and get something immediately. And that's why I wasn't a Netflix customer because I had a Netflix DVD for the longest time. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, this is worse than having to drop it off somewhere. I actually have to go mail it back? Nah. Yeah. That didn't work for me. And so then, obviously, and they, I think, even realized that. And if you've ever watched the documentary on the last Blockbuster, you know, Blockbuster was approached by Netflix years ago, and they wanted basically to sell Netflix to Blockbuster. Because back then, nobody knew for sure that this was all going to go 100% streaming, but they knew if they could combine with Blockbuster, then we can jump in and, and start doing some different things. Blockbuster turned them down. So Netflix continued doing their own thing and developed their own streaming platform, got more popular because Blockbuster eventually started to try to do the through mail thing and tried to, kept to, to catch up to Netflix. But then Netflix went to streaming and the rest is history. And now, I mean, Netflix is, has been nominating for Academy Awards. They're winning Academy Awards. They win all kinds of Emmys. And to me, for my money, Netflix is putting out some of the best television of any platform that exists i mean you look netflix at some, is, uh, some of the shows of netflix i mean you can go down the list of, of of brilliant shows dude netflix is fantastic it's hard to believe we used to have life without netflix you know what i mean <laughs> yeah it is i mean it's, now I, I i had no idea it'd been around 25 years i i either, wouldn't i either, forgot either because time flies or i'm like i missed out on the dvd part so maybe i've only thought about it for 20 years but it's fantastic and it's the one it's the one service more or less amazon prime's another one probably that i don't bitch at bitch about when they raise the price and they seem to be doing it more and more frequently these days but i just go uh it's kind of a must-have so yeah i mean I it kind of is you know but you look at this in 2013 house of cards became the first ever streaming platform whatever you want to call it show that was nominated for an emmy now, it never won, but it was nominated three times. 
and you go through the shows that have been nominated for outstanding drama series, House of Cards, Orange is the New Black, The Stranger Things, The Crown, Bodyguard, Ozark, Bridgerton, Squid Game. Oddly enough, the only Netflix show that's ever won Best Outstanding Drama Series is The Crown. Really? Yeah. Really? And that's yeah. like the one I haven't seen because I was like, I don't want to read about the monarchy. I yeah, I don't know. And I keep hearing good things about it. You know, and I've never watched it. I, I Bridgerton, I not. I don't have any interest in that. Bloodline was one of those that I remember, and I watched that. But man, I mean, the Crown. The Crown is the only Netflix show, as I just said, to win outstanding drama series. The Crown, like the lead actor in the Crown, is the only actor to ever win best actor in a drama series for the Emmys. Also, the only actress. Two different actresses who have portrayed Queen Elizabeth have won outstanding lead actress. And they haven't had anybody else win one, despite the fact that, you know, like Laura Linney's been nominated, Robin Wright was nominated and whatnot. So, I mean, they, they've had a lot of awards and a lot of different pe people win for supporting actress and whatnot. Like Julia Garner for Ruth has won multiple times. But I thought that was interesting that they've never, of all the great shows that have been done by Netflix, that it's The Crown is <laughs> the only one that has won that level of award as outstanding drama series bro it's uh it's really odd to me but just keep pumping out the good work they'll be like susan lucci sooner or later you'll get your award yeah and, and they've had multiple comedy series that have been nominated for outstanding comedy series I, unbreakable kimmy schmidt master of none glow russian doll dead to me the kaminsky method cobra kai emily in paris and i've only ever watched a handful of those so i don't bro. know but man, they, they, to me, they are the king of content. And, and I still think HBO is way up there. HBO does phenomenal. I think everybody's aware of that. But I mean, Netflix is right up there with them. And I never would have thought that. I mean, used to, when HBO put out Sopranos, we're all like, oh my God, what is this? And then it just became HBO is pumping content. Just great stuff year after year. And Netflix is kind of caught up to them now. But, you know, and now Netflix, the gray man, which was the biggest budget movie they've ever done. Gray Man was phenomenal. And they're going to have another Gray Man. And they get knocked for their, their movies sometimes. But for the most part, I really enjoy Netflix movies. A lot of them I don't think are like blow me away. These are insane. But they've had, they've had a variety of movies that have been nominated for Best Picture now. Like how, what was it called? Power of the Dog was nominated this past uh, Oscar season. And they had that one movie... Oh, Roma, I think it was called, that was nominated yeah. a couple of years ago. I just like being entertained, man. I don't hold them to some, some wild, ridiculous standard. I just want to be entertained. Yeah, I know, but it, it's, I think it's interesting that you look at this and, I mean, they, they have gone from this rinky-dink thing that tried to essentially sell to Blockbuster to a studio that constantly just has a ridiculous amount of movies that get and, and television shows that are nominated for all these awards. Dude, what they've done is phenomenal. And they took, you know, because I'm sure when Blockbuster turned down, they're like, damn, man, what are we going to do? I don't know. Let's just go for it. Let's bet on ourselves and see what yeah. happens. And they've done it and it's worked out great. And now it's a part of American culture that you can't ever see going away. Yeah, man. Like I forgot it. Like Trial of the Chicago 7 was a Netflix original. That was phenomenal. Marriage Story was a Netflix original. It, that was one of the best movies. I mean, I'll tell you this. Anybody who's ever been divorced, 
marriage story is literally like watching that happen. It's in, it's just incredible. Don't look up, which was nominated this year. As I mentioned, power of the dog. I mean, they, they pump out high quality stuff, man. So good for Netflix 25 years in and Netflix still going strong. You got to love Netflix, man. All right. Just a couple other things I want to throw out for you. One, and this is just for the, the collective groan of, of the headache that everybody in Texas will feel. The Texas Department of Transportation today on August 30th announced a $85 billion 10-year statewide roadway construction plan. As long as it ain't in Dallas. <laughs> I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's everywhere. $85 billion 10-year roadway construction plan. And guess who, guess who needs roads? The major cities. So enjoy that, guys. I wonder what that means. I don't know. There's no breakdown on it. I just saw the headline, and there wasn't any information on it. Because they've been doing a lot of road work in Dallas. It's a pain in the ass while they're doing it, but it, it really does help when they get it done. Uh, but they've been doing a lot of road work. We've got so many people moving to Dallas. I understand it, so I get it. And uh, my answer is move closer to downtown, take more Ubers. Which is what a lot of people are doing, which is why they just keep building insane. They're building up with all those massive high rises in downtown Dallas because people don't want to commute and fight the traffic anymore. Bro. There's a lot of that. And it's fun. <laughs> I think living in downtown, when I lived in downtown and close to downtown, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun, I thought. Absolutely. All right. So the other thing, and I wanted to ask you this because I know when you first jumped in with the Cowboys, Ernie Zampezi was a part of that team, and he passed away the other day at the age of 86, and I was just kind of curious if you ever had any run-ins or any anything with Ernie Zampezi. Um, I was trying to remember that today because Ernie was a great dude. He was a quiet dude. Uh, didn't look like a football coach because he wasn't tall. I mean, he was probably like 5'8", five, 5'7". Five, yeah. Uh, slim guy, like 155, 160 pounds, who always had a cigarette. Like, always had a cigarette. Always had a cigarette. Yeah. And uh, used to wear warm-up suits on the road, I think. And then he always had these little bitty legs and these shorts. So he was a, he was a funny-looking guy in a, in a loving way. That's not, I'm not taking a shot. Uh, so, but uh, he didn't talk a lot uh, to the media. And when he did talk, you know, it was very basic very uh vanilla and so he wasn't a guy that you went to for a lot of quotes in part because he didn't like talking to the media uh he was a guy who didn't like a lot of attention just just leave me to my devices let me do my thing uh but i had a good relationship with him i want to say i can't remember all the details now it has been 25 years i can't remember all the details but i remember i was working with the rate with the great randy gregor i mean with the great oh the great randy gregory this is breaking news galloway (laughs) and i had gotten a tip about some news i can't remember for the life of me what it is what it was but it was big enough that i got galloway involved okay and galloway went to ernie because Ernie would have known the answer to whatever question I had or, or whatever information I had. And Ernie told Galloway something like, I don't know, but I'll find out for you. And so Galloway repeated that to me. And make a long story short, I didn't get the information. And so I didn't get the story. I don't think I got beat on that. We just didn't have it. Hmm. Uh, and then I think it came out, you know, the next day or so. But what I remember is is um, the next time I saw Ernie, 
He said, oh, man, I'm really sorry. I meant to get back to you. I just forgot. <laughs> but he was such a nice guy that it was like, oh, don't worry about it. And like I said, I don't think I got beat. I think it just became common knowledge, hmm. uh, whatever the story was. So so it was, you know, it wasn't something I was sitting around mad about other than I just missed an opportunity to get a scoop. But Ernie was such a good guy. And he genuinely felt bad for not calling me back because he wouldn't apologize to Galloway, too, uh, when he saw him. And yeah. So that's kind of the nutshell of Ernie. That, and he was always struggling with gout. He had gout. That was a problem for him. Yikes. Man, that would suck. Yeah. I mean, that's fairly random for me to just toss out there, but he had a problem with gout. So, But uh, he's a good dude, man. Good dude. Yeah. He, he of course, for those that might have forgotten, he was the offensive coordinator after Norv Turner left. Obviously, from 94 to 97, so four seasons with the Cowboys when Barry Switzer came in and was obviously their last time they won a Super Bowl. Ernie Zampezi was the Cowboys' offensive coordinator. Yes, he was. And then 96 and 97, the, the offense kind of dropped off, and he moved on and ended up in New England and then came back at some point, and I don't remember this, but for a couple of seasons, like in 2000 and 01, he was an offensive consultant with the Cowboys. But, who, I, I mean, who knows what that means? Bro, <laughs> I don't remember that. So I'm not saying, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I think, I don't know if he was in the building as a consultant. Right. Yeah. Maybe he was. Maybe that's just one of those things where, you know, they were calling him like, hey, what do you think about this? Or, you know, hey, yeah. do you mind scouting this team this week or something? Right. Who knows? Keep you busy exactly. as you've aged. But exactly. <laughs> 86 years, man, 86 years old. And, and Ernie Zampezi has passed into the next realm. And that, my friends, is your podcast. Coming up, we will have another episode for you dropping on Friday morning. And we'll take a look and see, very curious to see in the next 48 hours, what types of moves, if any, the Cowboys have for us. What else we learn from around the NFL as we'll be sitting there going into Labor Day weekend. Also on our next podcast, we got to take a look because there is a crazy good slate of college football games this weekend as they open up the real big beginning of college football season we'll take a look at that throw out some teams to look for this season in college football which i always i know both of us very passionate college football fans and college football is one of those things that i do i mean this is the time of year where i work more than anything else just because the market right. that i'm in i mean birmingham has for i forget how many years in a row it is the number one market for college football in the country for television ratings and it is not close not nah, close i, I mean, wouldn't it, think so it is wild the obsession with college football that you get in this area so we'll have some fun with that on friday but everybody have a good couple of days and we will talk to you soon thanks for listening to the jam session podcast make sure to find us on instagram at jam session cast of course you can also find us on twitter at mcmatt radio and at jjt underscore journalist our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle, so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy. Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.